are we ready to dive into emotional damage today, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> are we ever ready to dive into that? I guess not, but might as well just jump in there. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cast Blast. Today, I have the wonderful Cam, who's joining us once again. We've actually started this podcast together at the beginning, and it's been a while since we've had one together, and we decided to just, you know, catch up and maybe talk about a topic that hits very close to home. So, Cam, if you wanted to say hello, you may go ahead. Yes, hello again after so long. I'm, uh... Well, the word is not excited, but I am ready for this topic today. <laughs> All right, sounds good. It's been what, like six years now since? Uh, six? Uh, well, I just checked actually, and uh, yeah, 2014, 2015 was like our last one. God damn. Okay, so it's been eight, almost eight years, but you know, this one, it's been a long overdue. But let's do it. All right. So, I have been thinking about this for a very long time and it's been kind of a recurring subject that we keep talking about with friends um so you know we're both from different backgrounds so for me i am from a filipino background in your case you were basically raised in a moroccan family with arabic uh, well actually taking these more muslim values whereas for me it's more of like yeah. catholic um <laughs> and very conservative too like we both have kind of a conservative background well you they're know. both very conservative in their own way yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like you know one thing I always wondered was can you ever t- can you talk about like how hard it was to grow up like let's say like you know how a lot of kids around our age they were basically just so free and relaxed like what was your childhood like like with the family like, was it if you don't mind me asking, of course. Like, what was the, the yeah. upbringing like? Um, that's a hard one to answer, to be honest. Because I mean, we are here in Canada, and I did. I was born here, and I was. I grew up here, mm. and it was always this dual fight between my parents to kind of get me to either, you know, be raised kind of, you know, more, you know, Canadian values but still keeping my Muslim and Arabic roots and it doesn't really I'm not saying it doesn't work it's just you can't keep all the you know conservative and old traditional Muslim and Arabic roots while still trying to incorporate uh, you know the way that a lot of you know Canadian people and kids grew up it's very different in many ways so Mm -hmm. it was very hard because in a lot of ways I grew up as a tomboy so for me it was never about being girly or just hanging out with just girls and whatnot so for me it was really you know oh I want to play outside not a lot of girls are playing soccer or whatever so I'm gonna go play with some guys and it was a lot of um, tug of war between my mom saying, no, you shouldn't play with guys. That's not how you do it. It's not well seen. You know, uh-huh. you should wear more dresses, not get dirty. And my dad going, well, you know, she's a kid. Let her play outside and be active if she wants to be. What's the problem with her playing with boys? You know, he didn't see a problem with that. And it was a lot of tug of war in that way. But, you know, growing up, the kind of double standard switched on me, which was... My mom understanding and being more okay with me, you know, having sky friends or uh-huh. wanting to, you know, 
date later on or you know putting on makeup or whatever and it was my dad going more like no she's too young for this she shouldn't be around more guys right now because she's growing and she's literally you know growing mm-hmm. <laughs> everywhere you know my body changing and everything so it's a you know I guess as a kid you look more as a stick growing up and having your body change and having more curves you know oh well guys are gonna notice whatever so there was a lot of tug of war and a lot of switch and it's just no matter how hard they tried to make me you know be a bit more Canadian culture whatever growing up Uh I had to do that for myself a lot because no matter what they kept on the old traditional old school Muslim Arabic roots values which is a lot of conservative you know don't play around too much don't express yourself don't be around the opposite gender that's not well viewed and always Uh be careful of how everyone else sees you and Uh in a nutshell that's how that was what about you Steve (laughs) Um, (laughs) wow you know what that was like so much like uh you know we've known each other for about 10 years so like when i hear your story each time like i can kind of relate to an extent with certain things but i feel like for me it wasn't the same like um because again i was born in the philippines so when i was there uh kind of like you but in the opposite way so they didn't necessarily like the fact that if we're not very masculine like they try your best to kind of you know point you in the right mm-hmm. direction so sometimes I remember like when I was a kid um, I think when I was like maybe four years old they kept on telling me like you know you shouldn't sway your hips you shouldn't like be watching these kind of shows like these are shows for girls these are like uh, you know these, these aren't things that are normally for guys and like parents get very nervous about that um, so maybe like not the same way for your parents like they were more worried about you growing up and like being surrounded by men i'm guessing maybe also like the fact that they're very protective because your parents tend to be (laughs) yeah if you're a girl like they have a tendency to be a bit harsher and being like especially when we're like teens like god i can't even i can't remember the many times that i've heard from my parents like or from my aunt they're talking about like you know your cousins or you know your your god sister casey like they're super young. Anything could happen to them. They gotta be ladylike. They gotta be cons- yeah. like they gotta be like they gotta save themselves and everything. And I'm just sitting there like, hold up, what? How come you guys don't yeah. tell me that? And it's like, oh, that's different. Like you're a guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like boys will be boys. And I've heard that before, and I was like, wow. Yeah. Again, I think that is also a double standard and a universal thing when it comes to women mm-hmm. and girls in general as well. It gets very hard, and then on top of that, you add, you know, a very conservative, very, like, deep-rooted traditional culture into it, and then it's just even more harsh and even more pressure into it as well. Mm -hmm. And do you ever feel like if you were able to ever, like, let's say in in the future, whether it's your own kids, if you ever have kids, or if it's, like, a family friend, or even if it's, like, I don't know, like, a friend's child, like, do you feel like with all the experience you've gained today, like, from all that in the childhood, like, everything you've seen so far, do you think we're gonna have it a little easier? Do you think kids will have, like, an easier time to kind of be more open 
and be more let's say i don't know relaxed in terms of how they're going to grow or do you feel like you're we're going to repeat the same not the same mistakes but like we're still going to cause like maybe we'll behave a little bit more like our parents or i don't know how do you feel about that i think the cycle can break if you want it to mm-hmm. it's all up to you you know what i mean like if i want to break the cycle with hypothetical future kids then it's up to me to do that and i want to do that i don't think i would ever want to ever be like my parents in any kind of way mm-hmm. um the damage they caused to me is so big and it was so impactful in my life that i can't even do a few things without you know wondering if i'm doing the right thing or wondering if i'm harming someone else like i honestly am the most empathetic person there is Mm -hmm. to everyone around me because i don't want to cause that kind of hurt to anyone Mm -hmm. because i know firsthand how it feels so i don't think i'd be like that with my kids and i already see myself not being like that with my nieces and my nephews and you know godson and whatnot and my Mm -hmm. cousins you know but like no i don't think i'd be like my parents and i think in the end like yes some of it you know is kind of conditioned in us we kind of see it happen and it's easy to kind of do the same thing but if we are willing enough and we really don't want to be like our parents i think it's absolutely possible right and i also feel the same way because i feel like you know you just observe that long enough and then i feel like we're kind of that we're in a very interesting generation because you know like for your case let's be real like there's some values that are conservative like uh, in the muslim religion that you don't necessarily follow and like same thing here on my end like you know i kind of branched out of catholicism so i do my way um Mm -hmm. i feel like you know we're more open today but you know something i keep wondering is like do you still have those moments where you kind of sit down and remember all the pressure that like your parents kind of placed on you and also the fact that you know we're we're kind of like the first wave in a sense of like we're trying to get our shit together as immigrant children and like trying to find our place in a society that's primarily you know like uh, I guess you could say influenced by Canadian culture Quebec culture do you still feel like sometimes there's like that pressure that's like above you like you have to kind of make everything work but you don't necessarily know how and I think it's never fully gonna I'm working hard on it to make it go but mm-hmm. it's very much present in my life my parents are experts at making you feel however they want them like to make you feel mm-hmm. and they've been very good at it and it took me 24 years to finally break out of that and finally realize you know what that pressure it's not me putting that on myself and Uh you know those bad feelings inside of me is not me doing that it's them Uh and once i realized that you know breaking out from from that was super hard because again they were very good at putting all that pressure and putting all of those thoughts and 
mentality and way of thinking into me that even just thinking I want to break this emotional abuse cycle made me feel guilty because they are my parents and that is one of the biggest uh, conservative Muslim roots culture which is your parents are number one you respect them no matter what you know you have to keep them in your life no matter what like you can't talk back to your parents you can't scream at your parents you can't tell them they're wrong it's like honestly it's like your parents are number one right after God kind of thing and the first time I cut things off because it became too much because I finally realized I have to put myself first I still had my aunt you know telling me you can't fully cut your parents off you have to you know talk back to them once you're ready you know you got even if you don't want to have the same relationship as before you still have to have some kind of relationship and there's always been that pressure but honestly pressure never went away I still feel it every day and I'm still trying to break from that every day and it's still the hardest thing to do because that was put into me as a child you know um the Muslim culture, the things I have to follow, which I didn't do because, you know what, I grew up here. I was born here. I see other kids around me, you know, on TV or my friends or at school, and I want to be like them. This is where I grew up. So, yes, I, I value myself as a Muslim person, as a Moroccan person, but I also value myself as a Canadian, you know. I don't follow all... The traditions, you know, don't talk to the opposite gender or wear a hijab, you know, a headscarf or mm. no tattoos or no drinking. That's more of a personal choice. I don't really like the taste, but like, mm. you know, or dress conservatively. You know, if I had more self-esteem, I would dress exactly how I want to dress. But, you know, showing skin is a bad thing or showing your curves is a bad thing and with the curves I got it's kind of hard to hide them mm-hmm. but you know I was criticized for everything and you know good grades and don't talk back and don't talk too much and don't not talk too much and you know show off you know how beautiful you are but don't show too much skin or you know be mm-hmm. too prideful but be prideful enough it, there was a lot of pressure since I could walk since I could talk and since I can understand basic conversations and being put that kind of pressure at a very young age is very um, impactful on a body's and a person's mind because that never goes away after that it's very hard for it to go away and break away after that because it's basically all you've known all your life Mm -hmm. so yeah to answer that, yes, the pressure is always a dream. So, just so that the viewers understand, like, a little bit the situation, so, uh, with Cam, um, with all the struggles that she's dealt with with the family over the course of the past 24 or so years, um, what she had decided to do was to just, you know, move out and, like, deal with her own, essentially live on her own and to, well, technically you're not on your own, Cam, obviously, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you've decided to f- branch out your own path and, like, You know, I I think this is why it's, like, such an important discussion to have with people because sometimes I feel like, you know, you could just feel so trapped, you know, when you have all that kind of pressure and, like, you just can never understand, like you said, uh, is it me? 
is it the family is it like what am i doing wrong and you know i what i've seen for a long time and especially with like maybe some of my friends in the friend circles we have is that there's a lot of self-blaming and there's just like mm-hmm. a lot of like trying to meet that expectation like you said like yeah. there's there's like you want to please the parents you want to please like certain you know certain culture cultural like norms that we have but at the same time it's like you see how people around you live and like they found maybe like a good balance or like a happy maybe like a happier way of living and you just want to you know kind of embrace that too you know like and and correct me if i'm wrong i feel like i think you're the one who told me this that the Quran essentially evolves over yeah. time it's not just like set in stone and this is what and I think this is something also that's interesting because like my cousins also like mention this often like interpretation of any religious whether it's the bible or it's the quran like it evolves over time and like it needs to adapt because like otherwise we're just gonna enslave ourselves as like i don't know oh absolutely absolutely you know there's a lot of things in there you know it was written thousand and thousand of years ago you know, and yeah, the things are different, but you know what, thousand and thousand of years ago, there was no electricity, there was no cars, there was no modern medicine, you know, not even medicine, you know, mm-hmm. there was no living past 15, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that changed, and I don't think we should take to literal sense words that have been said thousand of years ago, and even in there, it says to always adapt to your time, and I think a lot of people a lot of very religious people forget that part of the religious books. You're supposed to adapt mm-hmm. the word to the time you're in. And unfortunately, a lot of people take it literal, and a lot of people take what happened thousands of years ago, and the words are said a thousand years ago to what happens today and in modern times. And you know what, if that was true, you know, like, uh, Jesus said to claw your eyes out if you have certain thoughts about women, so when can I apply that to guys? Can someone <laughs> tell me? Because, like, if that's true, I am ready to find something to claw the eyes out of every man that looks creepy at women because they're the one who can't help themselves. Because that's what's said in there. It doesn't say it's for girls to dress modestly or whatever. It says to claw your own eyes out if you can't help your thoughts and you can't help but look at someone a certain way you know and it's the same thing for every religion you can't take it to literal and people often use that as an excuse and you know I think with a lot of our group friends like you said there was a lot of pressure with family and I think the biggest thing was don't question the family you know yeah for sure I think that was the biggest thing that made it hard for any of us in this kind of situation mm-hmm. to break off and to know that it's not our fault and stop blaming ourselves and to you know decide enough is enough and to break off because it was not a natural thing for us when you grew up thinking don't question the family don't blame the family and put the family as number one you know it's above everything else and you got to do everything for your family and it's got to be the most important thing and I think that's why a lot of us are blaming ourselves instead of blaming the people that are making you feel this way. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard. Like, I think that's that's one of the biggest problems, too, is, like, 
you know, like you were saying, we kind of put the parents on a pedestal, but like not, maybe not as much today because we've kind of learned to think for ourselves, but at such a young age, like we're kind of thinking like, this is our authority figure. This is what we got to deal with. This is like, we can't, we just, we can't really go against it. And therefore yeah. we're just like stuck. So it kind of brings me back. Like I asked this to, I joke around about this with my brother all the time. Cause we're just like, so what kind of parenting would have like probably helped us like nurture better and i'm just like you know i i don't know maybe it's not the because your situation might be a bit different but if like i give my example with like the way my parents dealt with everything you know like it was me as being the eldest and i'm like uh, son the eldest and cam is the middle child so I think Cam could probably elaborate more on how she feels or like how it is to be the middle child. But the way that I can explain as the eldest, it's always kind of like a test run. So if you don't really fit the quadrant, like if you're the eldest and you don't really make it, then it becomes very awkward because then it's like, then the little child, and I think Cam, you might be able to relate to this a little bit, <laughs> but when you don't meet these expectations like in my case for example because i turned out to be gay and then you know like i didn't do something in i don't know like a fancy i didn't do like a doctor like i didn't become a doctor i didn't become a nurse so then like that was the initial expectation of my family so then like all that pressure they're just like okay so it didn't work for the first one so let's put all of our hopes and dreams on the youngest and then, like, if they get shattered with the youngest, then it becomes, like, a very awkward thing. Like, that's kind of what we're experiencing right now in the family. And so, I don't know, like, do you, do you feel like... Like, for, first question is, how does it feel being a middle child? Like, because I, I honestly don't know how to relate to that. And what I hear often is, it feels like you're kind of ignored or neglected. Or, if you don't shine enough then you get neglected and then the youngest becomes like the number one center of attention like is that true it's a very hard thing to answer in my situation because you know i have my older brother and i right. always seen him as my older brother because mm. you know he's been there since i was born i don't know the way otherwise but mm. he's my stepbrother technically right he's not my mom's son Mm, at least fair. biologically, you know? Mm. But, so for me, it really switched a lot between being considered the eldest, which m I'm taking this verbatim from my own mother. She actually said it like this. She said, even though, you know, your older brother's the oldest, you are still regarded as the eldest child. No pressure. So, you know, feels fantastic. But it, it went between a lot between being the eldest and being the middle child. I, there was a lot of moment where I was kind of put to the side and put aside my feelings or what I want to put everyone else first, which again, verbatim, from my mother, and being the eldest who is supposed to keep everyone together and I'm supposed to have be the one to have everything under control and there was a lot of pressure. <laughs> it was a lot put on me with two different roles completely which is a whole different kind of pressure uh -huh. and a whole different kind of emotional damage done to me um 
it's like you're supposed to be the eldest you're supposed to be the responsible one but also you're the middle child and we don't care about how you feel because you're supposed to put us first and you know you're supposed to get your own shit together by yourself so we're not going to worry about you too much either but you're supposed to be perfect because as a child you showed this very big promise but now as you grow up you don't have that promise anymore so what the hell (laughs) but honestly if you ask me what kind of parents I would have liked to have and that would have worked I would love to have my little sister's parents (laughs) and disclaimer they're the same parents this is the way that they behave is different much different and yeah they put you know their hopes and dreams on her still but not with the same pressure as they put on me and in a lot of ways even though I do have an older brother I was still the test tube kid mm-hmm. you know uh, for people who are not familiar with that expression and that definition it's basically you're the first kid so your parents mess up with you you know they do all the wrong things with you so that they have it right with the next child and with me it was a lot of criticism it was a lot of a lot of pressure a lot of everything and then mm. there was my younger brother who's barely a year younger than me um so yeah sometimes he had the same pressure but my mom was much more protective with him so she wouldn't let him be faced with the same responsibilities as I did or with the same consequences or you know there was a lot of more lax attitude with him and then my little sister comes along 10 years later and like she was a late you know pregnancy a late baby and then it's like oh shorts fine crop tops yeah makeup at 10 years old why not her hair done at however she wants sure she wants to go out and be out this late i'll drive you or your sister will drive you your sister has plans i don't care you come first it's a lot of oh whatever you want whatever you need and so yeah i notice a lot of difference and i don't resent my sister for it i don't blame her for it it's just, you know, I can I see the kind of parents they could be, and mm-hmm. I always wonder why they can be those parents for me. And you know, hence the expression "test tube child" Which or is, the test yeah. child. It, it's fucking frustrating. I'll be quite like direct <laughs> about that because, like, I think about it sometimes. Like uh, once in a blue moon, you know. You, you, it just, you know, you ever noticed how our younger siblings get so much help? Like, they get so many chances. And then when we fucking try, like, when we try to get our shit together and try to do our things, and literally we're, like, asking for help. Like, it's not that we're desperate for help. It's just genuinely we have no idea where to go to. And this is kind of where I was talking about in the beginning. It's oh, yeah. like who do I go to ask these things like where and then at the end of the day it's like well there's no one to help you so you have to figure out even breathe wrong like (laughs) that's an actual thing with the pressure I've been brought up to like I have anxiety like actually diagnosed and I have I was diagnosed with major depression first at the age of 16 um well officially diagnosed at the age of 16 (laughs) my depression probably came way before that um Mm -hmm. But, you know, I went to see the doctor, and the doctor itself is like, 
Like, you're lucky she's not thinking of fucking suicide. Like, this is bad. Why is she not seeing a therapist? Why did she only come see me now? And I'm like, this is not normal. Like, crying, like, for an hour on end for no reason and sleeping 12 hours a day because you're feeling super fucking tired is not normal. Like, <laughs> like I can't breathe wrong. I can't sit wrong. I can't speak to a certain like volume and it could be wrong it's the pressure was so big I have anxiety I can't even breathe sometimes just thinking about it and like you know who do I go to like thankfully I had my aunt Mm -hmm. who even though she you know came from the same culture as my mom you know she's the younger sister and whatnot, but she understood that being here in Canada, it's going to be different. I'm going to be, I'm going to be growing up different. I'm going to fit mm-hmm. in to the Canada culture because that's what it is, while still being able to keep some of your Muslim roots without having to be so into it and so pressurable. And mm-hmm. she's the first one. I mean, she's the first one who noticed my symptoms. She's the one first one who, since a young age, whenever my mom's mm-hmm. like. Oh, she's quiet. She doesn't talk much, you know. Like to the point where I don't even defend myself or, like, you know, talk, like speak up about anything. You know, my aunt was always the first one to be there and be like, "No, speak up, defend yourself, hit that bitch if you need to." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. thank God I had her, but even that was wrong. <laughs> You know, in the eyes of my mom, yeah, even now, I'm not supposed to go to anyone else but her. But the moment I go to her, she does this manipulation thing. You know, I don't know if it's all immigrant parents that have this. And I'm not going to, you know, put it in a box and stereotype everyone. But, you know, she's very good with the manipulation and the, oh, my God. Are you saying I'm the problem? Like, I can't believe you're tagging me this way after everything I've done for you and I don't you now you're calling me a bad mother it's and honestly I've seen and I've heard other people have the exact same thing with their you know mom or dad or whichever where you know they kind of turn the blame around because they can't accept that the blame is them mm-hmm. which makes it very hard to go to your parent you know because every time they're going to switch it around and they're not going to take it and it's not you attacking your parent it's you trying to make them understand and it's trying to come to this understanding and it never happens and then the pressure builds up and where do you go from there yeah exactly it's like you know at at that point it's just I don't know again it goes back to the whole thing like I mentioned the hopelessness of trying to make sure that the parents are happy but at the same time it's like you know there's there's a bit of i think like over the years there's like um a thing we've learned i think is like self-value and understanding like we deserve a certain like i i don't think we're expecting much i think what we just expected was like just to have family that would be more open to listening to like you know what we're dealing with to be more understanding and to just you know for once like you said like not shift the blame and just you know the fact that and this is something that i've noticed a lot with other families like the fact that families can be vulnerable 
and kind of like accept the fact that okay maybe we fucked up like maybe we didn't do this right maybe we could and then the thing that i envy the most from people is when they say let's try to find a solution like they try to work out and i think you get that a lot from sorry from your aunt because like your aunt is like very um in a way like i I feel like she's more open-minded she understands (laughs) more and like you're so i'm so happy that like you had that like even though you had to deal with all the other things it's like i i think you remember we were talking about like oh what kind of parents would we like to have and i feel like that's the kind of there's like a mutual respect and a mutual understanding it's like hey i'm your child like i'm not perfect i have problems please help like and and you remember we said this so many times and i think this is something that every single friend that we know that has gone through this it's like when like it's your child they need your help why did you have kids if you're not gonna help them why did you like why all this like why all this work if you're not gonna even bother guiding them it's like there's no point it's like it's such an and this is where i get pissed all the time it's like there was no point to this it's like you basically played a video game that you never wanted to play and then you just left it on and then you expect you didn't watch the tutorial or anything (laughs) you just figure it out just start playing and then the moment you realize this isn't the kind of game you liked you just dropped it you abandoned it exactly and like i had that parent you know, like, you know, what kind of parent would you like? Like, thankfully, you know, I had my aunt who's always considered me like her own daughter. And I've always considered her like, you know, my mom. Because uh-huh. uh-huh. I was trying to live in denial for a very long time. I was like, that one's not my mom. This one is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, like, you know, she read the tutorial. She read up about the game and then she played and even when the game was difficult she kept on playing and then it's like she took my mom's controller and started playing my mom's game instead while still playing her game to make sure that both games are being played and both games are being played right and instead of being grateful and instead of learning from that or you know really seeing it for what it is my mom decided to become jealous and petty about it because she's wondering why I like spending time with my aunt more or why I prefer my aunt and I'm closer to my aunt and decided to resent my aunt for it her own sister which is ridiculous and that creates oh oh, absolutely like what kind of fucking bullshit but again, I guess it's like a whole different topic altogether. I'm sure there's like a lot of unresolved issues on that side. And, you know. And honestly, I know it's not just immigrant parents that create this kind of ah, trauma and this kind of bullshit onto their kids. Because I know a lot of, you know, traditional white kids get these kind of problems with their parents too. This kind of manipulation. This yeah, kind exactly. of blaming and blame shifting and all that. So. I'm not going to put it down to just, you know, one box. But it's the, I think it's the pressure and the double standards mm-hmm. that make this kind of trauma and make this kind of pressure very different, you mm-hmm. know? Because I would see girlfriend after girlfriend from my brothers and all is fine, all is good, and I can't even speak to a guy 
without being, well, what, you know, what is the community going to think about this? You know, you got to watch out for how you are. And now you're dressing this kind of way and you're talking to guys where you're dressed this kind of way and you look like a whore and you look like a slut. Like, don't put too much makeup on. And why aren't you taking better care of yourself? And mm-hmm. there's a lot of culture Im- embedded in that, which mm-hmm. is why I think, you know, an immigrant family and immigrant parents have this kind of trauma and abuse that's completely different in their own way mm-hmm. which is why I never put a box between you know white kids and immigrant parents and oh the immigrant kids are the only one who have it hard but it's just it's the way that it's different yeah. that I guess is what we're really talking about here definitely and I think your aunt is like a perfect representation of how like you know even though you might be from an immigrant background and you might have like some like conservative values you evolve and like i was saying like you understand like this is a different like this this is a different country things might be a little bit different for your children but at the end of the day it's like it's their well-being that should be coming first and you should be Mm -hmm. you know ready to help them and i think like this is this is something yeah, I can't believe I'm gonna quote George on this, but something that came up, yeah, I know. The the one time that I was in the car one day, like we were on a car ride with friends, and then what basically came up is, you ever notice the difference between our parents and Steve's parents is like, they learned like, and again, I I don't want to say this like I'm not gonna go on this too long, but my parents took a long time to come around whether it's mm-hmm. about like my orientation or whether it's like understanding the Canadian culture yeah. but it took them years but the thing that I'm so blessed about and that I hope like most like families will do is that they took the time to understand and they just they, they got it like it took them a while but they also agreed and like I was saying before they owned up to it and they said mm-hmm. listen we're not perfect we fucked up we understand it's like we still don't understand everything but at least like you know it's fine with us like we'll deal with it and the important thing is it's your life you do your thing and we're gonna just be here to support you because that's literally why we had kids and like that's i don't i don't think that says that that's said enough like i feel like some parents they just they had kids for god knows why either (laughs) to continue their lineage or they wanted to you know, like, just follow the trend or they just follow tradition. But then they didn't realize, like, how much responsibility it was going to be in and how much they have to be involved. And then the moment that it needs to actually happen, like, they're just... They disregard it. They're just like, no, having kids, like, they'll figure it out. They'll be fine. And they just leave us be... It's like leaving a duckling in the middle of, like, a lake. And then there's, like, eagles. (laughs) And they're like, oh, pray. (laughs) Ah. It's, I just wish... It's like, oh, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll exactly. Be fine. I love your analogy about video games. Like, I think it's such, it's <laughs> the perfect way it closes. It's like, you're going to play a game, you have a manual, you have a tutorial, but at, this, at the end of the day, you start the game, you got to finish it, or, like, at least continue it so that, you know, like, you can't just have it on autopilot from the beginning. Like, unless you have cheats and you're, like, a millionaire... But even then, it's like there's still stuff you gotta teach your kids. You still gotta guide them, and I, yeah. I wish that more parents understood that. And like, in general, with any parent, whether they're immigrants or they're just you know they're from here, 
I hope they'll take the time to just reconsider like your kids are are going through shit and if they don't if they aren't great but if they do just be there for them because the game will not play itself and oof, it's gonna be rough you'll you'll have us I basically think, yeah but i think yeah especially with this podcast i think both of us had you know a lot of the same pressures and all the same things but for sure. we ended up with different parents you know, it's two different scenarios, exactly. and we have both scenarios in this because you, you know, told your truth, and you know your parents finally understood and saw you for who you were, and they understood and took up the responsibility, and you know, like you said, you know, they were understanding in the end, and they were there for you and all that, and that's the most important part, you know. With immigrant parents, with white kids, whatever, it can break. You, it, it, like, it can finally break, like that whole cycle of pressure and values and all of it. The parents can come up to understanding you finally and actually hearing you and change. Or, in my situation, you know, you can sit down with your parents, talk to them, which I've done. You know, once I was finally ready, after I cut off my parents, I sat down with them and explained to them everything that I've ever felt, the pressure, and the way they made me feel, and the way they act sometimes, and, you know, I was honest, and I was open, and it didn't turn out the same way. I got the opposite. She still couldn't take the responsibility, and she still tried to Uh blame shit towards everyone but herself and even though I gave it one last try it still didn't work Uh and officially today you know officially at this point I've fully cut them out of my life because I couldn't do this to myself anymore Uh it was too painful but I think this shows the two different spectrum well, exactly. You know, to the end of the spectrum. And, you know, like your parents, it shows that they can change. It shows that, for sure. you know, they can, they can break that immigrant mindset, you know, traditional values and all that, and actually listen to their kid and actually see their kid, mm-hmm. you know. Not as the perfect thing they thought it would be, but as human beings that makes mistakes that are not... to their image and it's okay and on my side there's the parents that are too prideful the ones that don't understand this human being here is not a robot it's not a copy it's not a one mindset that's supposed to think like you or supposed to have the same opinion as you or act the same way as you but can be their own individual and then when they realize that and they just can't deal with it exactly and you know what that's why I I think like something to get out of this also for people who are struggling and you know like if if the if the family never meets like that spectrum like on my side and they kind of struggle and you know like they you can they kind of deal like with how you how to deal with things cam then you know at some point they have to learn to kind of put your foot down and really like value yourself and you have to start 
you know moving forward and that's that's one thing like i and i don't say this enough i think like i have a lot of respect for you and like i i'm honestly very like proud because like you might have gone through all this this shit but at the end of the day and like i i know maybe you don't pride yourself enough for this but you know ironically despite your parents being so prideful that's one thing i think that like didn't go too too much into your brain but it's like it's very impressive to watch like how you dealt with it how you kind of came to your own conclusion and accepted the fact that you know what i deserve happiness i didn't cause this this is not up to me i am going to remove myself from such a toxic situation i don't know how it's gonna go but i'm going to do it and i'm gonna figure myself out and at the end of the day it's like you know it's been it's been what like eh, over like i said like over almost like eight years since the last like the beginning of the podcast and look where you are now like you have (laughs) your own home for god's sakes you have like a very good relationship healthy relationship and you are dealing with things one day at a time but at the end of the day like even though you have your your stuff to sort out you are no longer in that like i've never seen you in such a better environment to grow it's like it takes time you're growing but i'm just so proud that you made it so far it's like damn i think as a as a closing statement here it's um from my own experience yes i'm in a better place it's still hard and um advice i would give to anyone is you're not like your family is not your responsibility you have your own responsibility within a family, mm-hmm. but the family is not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. How other people feel is not fully your responsibility. How other people see you is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to live as yourself, to do, to you know, still be a kind and good person. And as long as you have that, as long as you're true to your values, and as long as you don't harm anyone just be true to yourself and I know it's hard to not you know let what your parents or your whole family you know because sometimes not just your parents sometimes it could be your grandparents or it could be your aunts and uncles and siblings and cousins there's a lot of influence within a family Mm -hmm. and I know it's hard because you know, the family is the first person you have around since you could depend on someone. And especially your parents are, you know, you trust your parents at a young age. You trust them to get you through life. You trust them to give you the right choice and give you the right guide. And when you end up crying alone at night or barely breathing because of the pressure, then your parents failed you. You didn't fail them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the important thing to view here. If it gets too much, if you only get negative feelings from being around your parents, and if you've spoken up to your parents about it and they still don't hear you, then do the best thing for you and take a step back. You don't have to cut them off. You don't have to, you know, have any like bad ill towards them or anything. It doesn't have to become this, they've become my enemy thing. But take a step back, you know. It's you can't control how someone's gonna like what someone's gonna do to you, mm-hmm. how they're gonna make you feel. You can't control someone hurting you, 
but you can control what you do after that. And it's not something to feel guilty about. If I can help people go through, you know, speed up the process I went through because it took me a long time to finally figure this out. But don't feel guilty for wanting to put yourself first. And don't feel guilty for being a little selfish in that way, for wanting to be happy and for thinking that your parents are failing you. Because even just thinking that can make you feel guilty if you had the kind of pressure, you know, we went through. Mm-hmm. But if you can help with someone's process, then that's the biggest advice I can give to someone. Don't blame yourself. I know it's hard. But don't blame yourself. It's not your fault how they feel. You can't control your parents no matter how hard you try and how no matter how hard they try, they can't control you either. So take a step back if you need to. You're allowed to do that for yourself. And honestly, it's not always easy. Even once you've taken a step back, or in my case, you know, you've cut things off and whatnot because, you know, at one point you say enough is enough. And it's not easy all the time. Yes, I'm in a better place. Yes, I'm happier because I'm learning to do things for me. And I finally, you know, got that toxic out of my life. But there's still days where you miss them. And there's still days where you wonder why you weren't good enough to be treated the same way as, you know, your siblings are being treated or... You know, there's, there's bad days, but you don't let those bad days take over. You just work through them, and you keep working on yourself every day, and it gets better. Well said. Well, <laughs> well said. So I think this is uh, the right time to conclude. And, like, honestly, Cam, <laughs> like, I just want to thank you for taking the time for this, because I think this is, like, it, ironically, I feel this is a little bit therapeutic, um, yeah. <laughs> to talk about these things, and I think it's important also, you know, like that people just once in a while, like this. I know this podcast is very uh, silly at times, but I thought like <laughs> today would be a little bit more of a serious topic, especially like 2022 with COVID and everything. It's just I feel like it's it's a lot about mental health this this year. I think like yeah. to kind of concentrate. And on I it think. I think a lot of people in the past year or two or three, especially being stuck with your families, you know, a lot of people start to realize uh, the emotional trauma the family can actually put you through. And if I can recommend one movie out of this, it would be the new movie Encanto. Which <laughs> I was about to say. It rep- represents it so well. Don't be an abuela. <laughs> We're not going to spoil anything, but honestly, the the biggest theme of that is family trauma, family abuse, and psychological abuse, and there's so much to it, and I recommend that a lot, and honestly, there's a lot in the past few years that I've seen a lot of people speak up about this, you know, this past month alone, I've seen a lot of people saying how, you know, they've cut off families or their parents, whatever, because of how they've acted. And, you know, you know, the parents would still kind of try to victim Mm -hmm. 
victimize themselves and you know people are finally sticking up and they're finally realizing no I'm not taking that anymore and exactly yeah that makes it so it's such a beautiful thing to see that so many people are finally you know stepping out of that abuse and of that toxicity and all of it and so many of us especially our generation it feels like have been very stuck in that and I think one of the things I've seen in the new generation the younger ones is that they don't even take it at first you know they fully step up and they don't think any of that shit real fast and honestly I admired them for it because it took us so long and I like to think you know the older siblings you know the older generation kind of paved the way there for that and mm. it's not something to resent and it's not something to you know have in a comp- competition with or anything I think it's something to be very proud of mm-hmm. that our generation could pave that way for the younger generation where they won't have to suffer in that sense as much for sure yeah yeah all right you know, I was going to finish this with, like, a very unserious part. I was going to say, like, and plot twist, this was an entire segment to promote the new TV, the new movie, Encanto, which is now on oh, Disney+. Plus. Please watch Hire to me. understand more about this. Hire me, Disney. I've been promoting this movie for fucking months <laughs> to everyone. Hire me, Disney. <laughs> Honestly, at one point, one of my friends was like, so Disney just hired Cam for um, promoting this movie. She's being paid for this. And I was like, I wish I promoted it so much and watched it so many times. I wish I could be paid for this. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining Cam. And uh, for everyone who's listening, thank you for taking the time. And we'll be back hopefully hopefully by February with something new. And I think I just thought of a new topic, but I'll talk about it with Cam and is going to be an interesting one, too. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.